everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast. And we are coming to you post-Super Bowl. Um, The Super Bowl has happened. It's over and done with. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you didn't know or didn't care, have won the Super Bowl. And um, I wanted to, you know, wait till after the Super Bowl to record because I thought I would have like some reactions or some moments and things like that. But honestly, this Super Bowl, while I'm happy with the result, right, I am a Raiders fan, so I'm not going to root for the Chiefs to win. But um, while I'm happy with the result, the Super Bowl wasn't what I think anyone wanted. Like, if you don't know, the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, right? Tom Brady plays for the Buccaneers, best quarterback in terms of like winning Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, like the next young guy up. Like Patrick Mahomes is better than what a lot of people have ever seen in their lifetimes, right? And I know looking at like NFL previews and like seeing what like the experts at ESPN and other places were saying, like everyone was thinking Chiefs were going to win. Like people were predicting the Chiefs to win, right? And I thought the Chiefs were going to win, too, um, just because they're the Chiefs. They're so good. But um, the Chiefs lost in embarrassing fashion. Like, they got their asses kicked. Like, there's a difference between losing the game and getting your ass kicked, right? Um, And the Chiefs, like, they didn't even score a touchdown. And this is supposed to be the most explosive offense that exists in the NFL currently and the Chiefs they got their asses kicked and I didn't want them to get their asses kicked from like an entertainment perspective right I'm fine with them getting their ass kicked like just as someone who doesn't like that team right um but when it comes to the Super Bowl and like entertainment value right i felt like we had such high potential for like a really gunslinging super bowl right patrick mahomes he he gets like 40 points a game like he can easily drop 40 on a game the kansas city chiefs can easily drop 40 on you right and me rooting for the buccaneers to win i was like damn right these the buccaneers got to get like six touchdowns right to have a chance against these fucking guys, right? Because Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are just so explosive on offense that you're going to need to get, like, at least six touchdowns. You're going to need at least, you know, 42 points in order to even think about winning. But that didn't happen, right? The Patriots did not have to score 40 points. Um, They did spell, or, like, I believe the score is 31 to 9. So they did score a fair amount of points but they did not have to do that and it was just like i i didn't feel bad for the chiefs but i was like damn you went out like this like this is really like i feel like in terms of teams i've seen and i'm not very old i'm 26 years old right but in terms of teams i've seen in like sort of dynasties like you grew up in like the patriots dynasty right the new york giants had a couple titles right there's been a few good teams the 49ers as much as i don't like them they've been good recently right in recent years like in the past like probably like eight years right the niners have had like a pretty good run even if they don't have a championship to show for it right um but when it comes to the kansas city chiefs right it was truly like and of course this is also like a passing of the torch potential moment but it was truly like 
this offense, when when the offense is on, and it seems like the offense is always on, right? There's not much you can do to actually beat them, right? If they execute, then they win. And they didn't execute. There were so many penalties against so many dropped passes. And I'm not like an analyst or anything. Like, I'm not a football expert, right? But what it seemed like to me, right, Patrick Mahomes is, like, trying his ass off, right? If you're watching him, you see Patrick Mahomes, like, trying to scramble, trying to do things. And the Chiefs had, like, a bad offensive line this game. So Patrick Mahomes, a lot of times, like, he was snapping it and then had to, like, run 15 yards directly behind him just to hopefully get away from, like, the defenders. But um, he's trying his ass off, right? But... He just couldn't get the rhythm going because his offensive line was so bad, right, this game. And because he couldn't get the rhythm and, like, he, it felt out of sorts almost from the get-go. Like, it just, Kansas City just didn't, it, they couldn't execute, right? And it's like, oh, this they're going out sad this year. And one thing I don't like about, like, sports fans in general, right, is like they're so quick to call someone like a fraud or like especially on the internet right people are so quick to call someone a fraud right if they don't perform on a big stage right patrick mahomes by the way has already won a super bowl right like patrick mahomes already has like hall of fame qualifiers and he hasn't been playing in the nfl that long patrick mahomes is fucking my age so it's not like he's done right or it's not like he's like bad but like when things like this happen a lot of times people say like oh this guy's a fraud or this guy isn't as good as he says he is or this guy's a choker you see it in like every sport too right um and it's just like i don't think that's fair necessarily right because the playoffs by definition is not fair right having a playoff system is not fair if it was fair, whoever was on top on the regular season, that would be the winner. Like Premier League soccer table style. <sighs> it's late and I ate a lot of food and I gotta yawn sometimes. I apologize. But if it was really fair, right, there would be no such thing as playoffs, right? And playoffs, right, at, you're playing more games. And if you're someone like Patrick Mahomes... To be fair, like other quarterbacks like Tom Brady are in the same situation, but if you're like Patrick Mahomes, you actually played more games on average than these other people, right? Because you went to the Super Bowl last year, right? You went to the Super Bowl this year. You went deep into the playoffs the year before you went to the Super Bowl, right? Most people haven't played that many games. Like he's physically played more games than other people, right? And that stuff does take a tear on you and when you play with such mobility as a Patrick Mahomes right you're bound to like get banged up and there was a couple times when Patrick Mahomes got a little bit shaken up and he was banged up even before the Super Bowl right but and I didn't see so many tweets like this but like sometimes people call these athletes like on the biggest stage when they don't perform exactly right um they tend to call them like fraudulent or say they're overrated or something. And that's not true, right? You're taking one poor game, right? And expanding it to a person's entire arc, right? And that's that's not 
true with Patrick Mahomes. I don't again, most people aren't doing this with Patrick Mahomes, but with athletes in general, like they're so quick to like say, Oh, like this person isn't really that good because they didn't do well on this stage, right? Or they had a bad game, or they had like a slump, or they're trying to work through some things, and then people just say, Oh, this person is bad, right? Um, when to me, that's not true, right? And to me, also, this happens with, like, fucking young players. Like, people are so um, quick to call a young player a bust, right? Like, bro, this person has played, like, 15 games. Like, I remember Lonzo Ball. They called him a bust after, like, 10 games. Like, what is he even saying, right? He hasn't even been in the league that long. Give him some time to adjust, right? But it just, it feels like that's the one part of sports fandom that I don't like. Like, you'll probably barely ever hear me call someone a bust or a fraud for, like, a short sample size, right? If it's over a long period of time, right, like, I'm talking, like, several years, right, then I'm willing to engage in those conversations. But one game or, like, faltering on one stage or like a small sample size like give me a fucking break give me give me an absolute fucking break but that type of stuff happens and it brought up because i was like oh i saw a tweet that was like patrick mahomes looking fraudulent or is patrick mahomes really as good as we think he is like yes like we have the eye i don't even need to give you stats like we have the eye test he is that good right but football is a team sport right you need the entire fucking team to perform and what it looked like to me and i'm sorry if you don't like sports and you're like oh i didn't come to this for sports but this is this is me um but it looked like to me like mahomes wasn't mahoming right he wasn't his usual self he didn't execute right away like started out passing like horribly like I don't I think he made like one out of his first like 10 to 15 attempts like he only made like one or two uh, completions in that time right started off like like a different guy I think Mahomes wasn't Mahoming and then these other teammates right once Mahomes wasn't like on his horse like they couldn't do anything right like they were like out of whack, committing penalties left and right. And while I think the Kansas City Chiefs, like, have, in a lot of ways, a good team, like, Patrick Mahomes isn't their best player or isn't their only good player. He is their best player. He isn't their only good player. But when it comes to, like, the the whole operation faltering, like, if Mahomes falters, it looked like those guys, even down to the punter, like, when Mahomes didn't know what to do, nobody knew what to do. And I don't know if that says something about good team chemistry or bad team chemistry, but it felt like Mahomes comes out the gate soft and then everyone else followed suit. It was interesting to watch in that way, right? I would be interested in watching and seeing, like, if there's any body language or any, like, communication that we can get from the broadcast that um that would show us what was going to excuse me, that it could show us what we were um, going down or what was going down and what they were thinking and how out of sorts were they really. But they seemed like out of sorts, out of focus. And I think that started with the quarterback not coming out the gate guns blazing like they usually do, right? Like they usually have no problem 
skill putting up points, right? And when you have a problem putting up points, right, everything else suffers, right? Because the defense stays on the field longer if you have three and out. The special teams has to work longer, right? They had a punter in. Like, Kansas City had their punter. And it's like, this person isn't even used to fucking punting that much, right? The Chiefs score too much for him to be used to punting, right? And you're throwing him out here on the Super Bowl? On the Super Bowl? Of course he's nervous, right? And it didn't help that he had to punt more because these motherfuckers couldn't score, right? It it was it was interesting to see, but I felt like there was like definitely some type of ripple effect, right? And there was the commercials, of course, and the commercials were okay. I wasn't like wowed by very many commercials, right? There was the Flat McConaughey commercial which was um, frightening to some extent that Mindy Kaling put a pop-up in. And I felt like a lot of these advertisements, there was like a couple celebrities that had like minor roles. And then there was like the main celebrity that had like the big role, right? But um, I felt like that commercial was a little bit unsettling. Then there's an Eminem commercial Right, which that just seems like they looked at the internet for like 15 minutes, right? And then they wrote a commercial. Like the writers of the Eminem commercial are just like shit posters on Twitter, right? That's that what that's what it seemed like. There was one with John Travolta doing a TikTok. There was one with Lil Nas X trying to like make us cry or like feel emotions or or something, right? There was one about GM going to Norway, which ended up being funnier than I thought it would. But overall, I would say the commercials were just okay, right? And I think in a game that was like pretty lopsided, right? Like I can only imagine, like say you're a Kansas City fan, right? You're a Chiefs fan, you're at the Super Bowl, your Chiefs are fucking laying all of the eggs, right? Your your team is blowing it. Like, absolutely blowing it. Like, what would you want? Would you want to stay there and watch your team suck? Or would you rather watch a commercial, right? I think you would rather watch the commercial. Like, if you have a chance of watching your team not score a touchdown, like, you just watch your team on the biggest stage not score a touchdown, would you rather watch that? Or some good commercials, right? And I think the Drake from State Farm commercial, that also caught me off guard. That was pretty good, right? But I felt like there was a lot of commercials. And there was a lot of commercials that, like, were just, like, weird. Like, there was, like, a Reddit commercial that was, like, a 10-second flash, whatever, right? There was a lot of commercials that were, like, either serious or kind of weird or both, right? Right? But yeah, it was like a lot of those commercials I could skip through. Whereas I feel like in the past, right, there's been a lot of commercials that you could not skip through, right? Like you knew from the jump, this was going to be some type of opulent, big production commercial. But a lot of them I felt like felt short or at least weren't fun or funny or anything like that. Which, you know, it, you work with you got. There were some gems in there, but I feel like the overall average was probably just that average right um and another thing about this game right about about this there's like problematic people on both teams like Tyreek Hill is a problematic person right Antonio Brown is a problematic person Tom Brady to an extent is a problematic person right um 
And when that happens, like people make fun of you, people taunt, right? Towards the end of the game, in this in the Super Bowl, there was a penalty for taunting. And I've I've known penalties like for taunting existed in football, right? But for me, football is a violent sport, right? By definition, football is not safe to play, right? Um and at the pro level, you get to knock the shit out of everybody, like, all day, right? When you're in a game, you can bat someone down, injure them, potentially, right? You could do that, right? But you can't wave a finger in a taunt. You can't talk shit back in a taunt in that way. Like, that's where the line gets drawn. Like, that's ridiculous to me right that you can knock the shit out of someone but you can't wave a finger at them because what happened is again Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs like the defender I forget the defender's name like sort of mocked Tyreek Hill's like celebration and his mannerisms and that was um not good for a lot of parties but um yeah I was just thinking like where we draw the line is taunting right and then you get Tony Romo in the booth, the announcer in the booth saying like, yeah, I don't, I don't condone that. You know who does condone fucking taunting in football? Me. I would want to see taunting in football, right? We get, there are shit talkers. I'm sure we just can't really hear them. But yes, we, we do, we do want that. We do want taunting. Taunting is funny and fun and sportsmanship is such an overrated thing to me, right? Like, it's it's rated. Like, it should be rated. But sportsmanship and, like, having to bow to your opponent, like, sometimes you don't fuck with your opponent and you don't like them and you just want to defeat them and you don't respect that team, right? And that's fine, right? As a fan, I've done this. I've seen other people do it. It's fine, right? You have certain things that you latch on to, right? And then you sort of can taunt in the NFL, right? In the grand scheme of things, it's fine. It's fine. You can latch on to things. You can exploit them on the field. You can gain an advantage. No, I'd rather see people mic'd up, get in the people who are taunting. I'd rather see that. Dumb rule. It's a dumb rule on the NFL's part. You know, and there are a couple of rules like I'm a Raiders fan. So, of course, a tuck rule that um, don't rub me quite the right way. But this taunting rule like that's that's preposterous. Right. Um, there shouldn't be a penalty against taunting in a sport that you actually like tackle people to the ground and people get hurt in every game. Right. There's something to be said about taunting. Like, it's a physical game. You're in people's faces. There's something to taunt about. Like, if there's ever a place to, like, taunt, it's the fucking football field. A thing that's based off of war, right? Football game is based off of war. That's like what a fucking blitzkrieg is, what a blitz is. That's war terminology, war imagery, right? Why do you think they call it like a Mike, Sam, and Will linebacker? That's war, M-S-N-W. That's fucking war. That's what it is, right? All of that stuff is is tough, rough imagery, but you can't, you can't 
you you can't taunt, right? You you can't make fun of someone. You can't tease someone. No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. You're not go. You're not going to. You're not going to say that that makes sense to me, right? If it's something that's like actually like detrimental, like if it's like racist or sexist or involves like the fans or something, right? I can see something being punished in that way, right? But no, taunting, and I don't think I even like explained what the taunting was, because I just don't think taunting should be a penalty in general. But basically, Tyreek Hill, who is again is a problematic individual, right, has his peace sign or his his signature celebration. Someone copied that, right, and told him to fuck off, right. But um, in that, right, that was so harmless to me in terms of the, the grand scheme of football. Right, that was just like that. Just came off, that just came off soft, you know. It just came off as a weak penalty that probably shouldn't exist, right? And then, of course, also there was a halftime show where we had the weekend, right? And I didn't think people on Twitter, people on the internet, didn't love it from my from what I saw, but I didn't think the weekend's physical performance was bad. But the weekend kind of sounds like an opera singer mixed with a werewolf, and his voice is pretty high. And I felt like the sound was a bit wacky; it was a bit low, not perfectly suited for his voice, right? So I feel like the halftime show would have been better with the weekend, right? If the sound was better, right, and it more matched his voice, right. But he had a bunch of backup dancers. It was a cool little like vlog sequence that he did, like. Overall, I thought it was like the performances were fine, but like the audio was all types of fucked up, and that brought it down. I think like a good decent amount of pegs in terms of my rankings of halftime shows, which I don't have formalized, but I like desserts and fast food and shit. So, if anyone else likes it, cool. Let's be friends. But um. Yeah, when it comes to like the weekend and his like pumping up his sound, like the sound was just was just bad, right? Um, but yeah, he played like a bunch of the hits, right? He looked interesting, and I felt like even though he had like a bunch of fucking backup dancers, right? I felt like he held his own like as a solo individual act, right? On stage, like I felt like he did a good job, like. Engaging with the stage presence, it was just the audio and visual that um that really got it down, right? But it could have it could have been great, and like I guess like COVID restrictions or whatever, you couldn't bring out like as many like musical guests if you wanted to. But yeah, he held his he held his own, right? It's just the technology has failed us once again. But I didn't think it was I didn't think it was so bad like some people think it is it was just like a mess audio wise um but yeah overall i'm happy with the chiefs losing right last year when the 49ers played the chiefs right it was actually better for my life for the chiefs to win that one because i don't really actually know chiefs fans in real life but i do know niners fans and i hate both of those teams this year the 49ers were not in the playoffs at all right so i didn't even have to worry about that right so it was just like yeah i just have to let the chiefs lose right 
and then everything will be fine, hunky-dory, and back to Norman, right? And then the Raiders got to adjust and take advantage of this little slump they got, right? But um, when it when it comes to when it comes to all of, all of that, right? I'm just I'm just happy with the result, even if the game wasn't the best or what I wanted. I wanted a, a like gunslinging shootout of a game that ends in like some type of ceremony with the two quarterbacks since they are like icons of different generations right like i wanted something more but i'm happy with the result um but anyway um i am doing this a little bit later at night because i'm doing this post super bowl but um when it comes to my real actual life right because i can't talk about the super bowl forever like I'm not this isn't football podcast, right? But when it comes to my real actual life, I've been doing something that I think I want to continue and that is on TikTok, I'm thinking about going live more option. Off option? No, often, right? Cuz with with TikTok, if you have a 1000 followers, you can live stream. And I've did it once once I hit that 1000 and it was weird, right? Going live is a weird experience, right? Like being a Twitch streamer, like that's not something you can just up and do because going live and having to sit there when there's no one there and then having to interact with the chat while also being entertaining or doing something, right? That's something that's tough, right? But I went on live a couple of times in the past week, right? And it's so weird. It's a weird thing to do. It's a weird thing to engage in, right? And live streaming is not something like that I think is entirely natural. Like you're not supposed to like have the potential to broadcast yourself in that way, like in terms of like evolutionary things. But um, I went live and it's been actually kind of fun, right? Going live, like when people are talking, when you're actually fucking with the chat and stuff and you get the hang of it, right? Going live is kind of fun and I might want to do more live streams. And I was thinking like live streaming and like interacting with an audience, right? Since it is quarantine and I'm taking it seriously, which by the way, like 25,000 people in that fucking Super Bowl stadium, huh? Um, but when it comes to that, like, this could be good practice, like, interacting with other individuals, right, and sort of coming up with stuff on the fly, because eventually we're going to have to go to work, right, and I wouldn't say I have the gift of gab or anything like that, but what I do have, right, is the ability to practice and ability to build up my sauce so that I can be saucy when I when I come out of this, right? When we come out of quarantine and I got to kick game to the super fly honeys, right? Then, right, oh, I practice because I'd be live streaming, right? I'd be, I'd be talking to people and answering questions and being on the spot and, you know, trying not to say anything problematic, right? That stuff is, um, you know, it's good practice. It's good practice on interacting with people, right? Especially if you haven't left the house in almost a year for anything meaningful or vacation-wise, right? Going live, it could be, like, a good exercise. On top of it just being, like, if you have, like, the right chat, like, genuinely fun, right? I do think, like, when it comes to this, like, I couldn't be a Twitch streamer, right? Like, I couldn't have, like, all the equipment. Like, that's not for me. But streaming from my phone on TikTok, 
and I'm not saying I'm prolific or anything, but I think that could work. I think one thing about live streams, though, is that if you get like lots of questions or like two people interacting with the chat at the same time and you want to respond to both of them, you don't always form coherent thoughts, right? Because you're always going on tangents and things like that, right? And some like I get on this podcast and I get on tangents and things and sometimes like I actually just like black and I just talk about something and I'm like, oh shit, did I j- seriously talk about it in that way? But um when it comes when it comes to like live streaming and all of that when you get like two people right or more maybe three maybe four whoever right when you get people asking different things and you don't want to ignore them you want to get the main meat of the question right and then you want to sort of move on but sometimes you you get questions and you're like oh like quick aside answer this question back to the main story quick aside back to the next question right and i think live streaming is a skill that i um want to develop and um yeah if you can live stream like try it you don't have to be a twitch streamer you don't have to be like an expert because lord knows i am not a live streaming expert but you can make it fun you can interact if you have twitter or tiktok or instagram and you have like a considerable amount of followers who would actually watch a live of yours like try it it's not it's not bad like i think the worst that can happen is like you sitting there silently with one person right that's the worst right because if there's no people you're not embarrassed but sitting there silently failing with one person one other person right that's the sort of um lowest point of live stream or i think that could be the the lowest point for live streaming but if there's like even like a couple people like three four and you're bouncing off ideas and you're talking like that's a success right and it's actually fun right to do so so yeah give it a shot and um the last thing i wanted to mention here right um because i have to i have to conserve my voice and it's already late and it's already super bowl is Emily in Paris once again um, and the Golden Globes because Emily in Paris got nominated for Golden Globes and I said this before I'll say it again you do not need to critically analyze Emily in Paris right I don't think Emily in Paris should be nominated for a Golden Globe right but is Emily in Paris the worst show ever no right it's just that i feel like in this landscape with online streaming like and netflix started this with things like house of cards and orange is the new black and things like that but online streaming tv shows are held to a high standard of quality so then when you get something like emily in paris which is really like background stuff where you don't have to be super invested to watch it's like a casual easy watch that might not have a lot of substance but it's easy and you might like it right but a show like that on a on a platform like netflix which has so many deep shows and like made their mark by making deep intricate shows right when you get something like emily in paris like people are just like well what the hell is this right but emily in paris isn't necessarily a show that you need to critically analyze it's not something that is deep in that way 
maybe if it gets another season as popular, maybe it gets deeper. But it's not deep in that way. It's just a fun sort of thing about a girl who lives in Paris but doesn't speak French. That's all it is. It's not even a new concept, right? But um, when it when it comes to like Emily in Paris, like being nominated for Golden Globes, right? It tells me that these people didn't like watch a lot of stuff, right? Because Emily in Paris isn't Golden Globe worthy, but it is like relaxing, unwindy worthy. But those type of things don't win Golden Globes. They don't get nominated for Golden Globes, right? Because that's not like they're, they're batting on two different sides of the plate, right? So we don't like see those in that way, but like the high quality production value of Netflix and also Hulu, HBO Max, whatever else, streaming service, cable, right? Those things, right? They, I think they've contributed to expecting every TV show to be able to be broken down or every TV show to have like complex relationships that can be discussed and theoried and things like that. But that's not what Emily in Paris is, right? Emily in Paris isn't that theory show. It's not that psychological thriller show. It's just Emily living in fucking Paris, right? That's all it is, right? So I'm interested in like what the thought process is because I assume the people who nominate for Golden Globes watch a lot of TV and movies, so why would they nominate Emily in Paris? Because that's not something that has the substance that the other things have, right? And my only cons- my only thing, there's two things. Either they didn't watch a lot of stuff, or two, they think something will win because it's popular on the internet, which neither of those things is true. But, um... Like, in going back to, like, really what I want to say is, like, you specifically, right? Because they, these, these critics people, who knows what they're doing? But you specifically, you do not have to psychoanalyze, critically analyze Emily in Paris or any show like that. We can have room for silly shows. Like, I don't see why we can't have room for Emily in Paris and enjoy it for what it is and realize that this isn't the show that's trying to make you think super hard. Like, we can have that and we can also have the fucking Queen's Gambit on the other side. Like, there's a life of both. We don't have to knock other things down right even if you think it's bad you don't have to like knock other things down because i think what people perceive as bad is comparing it to like high complex production value netflix hulu stuff but what we don't actually need that all the time right we just need something to unwind to something to relax to crack open a wine or a cold one you know that's what emily in paris is and that's something that i think can be appreciated even if it's not something that deserves an award right it's complicated but also not complicated because you don't have to analyze emily in paris it's not we don't need to do that we don't need to write dissertations and think pieces about emily in fucking paris because all it is is emily in paris that's all it is um but yeah, if you take away anything from this episode, because I'm about to sign off here, it's that, right? Not everything is super serious. Not everything needs to be critically analyzed. You can just sit back, turn the brain off, and enjoy things. 
turn your brain back on later. Go back to being whatever smart person you are and it'll be fine. I promise it'll be fine. But um, yeah, I'm going to have to cut it there for voice purposes, um, saving my voice for work and stuff. But this one was all right. All right. Um, yeah. Thanks for watching, listening, paying attention wherever you are. I will see you next time. Love you. Dot com. Bye.